met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee, and for tonight we have a very special guest indeed, a host and creator of his own podcast, who's had numerous paranormal experiences throughout his entire life. No stranger into diving deep into the abyss. The show truly speaks for itself, and it's a great honour and privilege to introduce the host and creator of Ended Days Radio, Daniel. Hello. Everybody, how are you? Oh. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Uh, so what do we have on the agenda today? Well, um, do you, you want to talk about right the Illuminati? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a lot of people, they get the Illuminati very wrong. We hear a lot about the Illuminati, but what about their true origins? Where do they actually come from? They just kind of have always seemed to be around. A lot of people will trace their existence back to Adam Weishaupt, back around 1776 when the Bavarian Illuminati was founded. But I would encourage everyone to reserve their expectations or judgment if you're reading about Adam Weishaupt and the Bavarian Illuminati because Adam Weishaupt, he was a Jesuit and the Jesuits were kind of like secret spies for the Catholic Church. They were involved in espionage and with espionage comes propaganda or whatever they may have called it back then. And a lot of lying and deception. In fact, the Bavarian Illuminati, what they specialized in was going into other secret societies and taking them over from the inside. And that tells you something right there. The truth is that the Bavarian Illuminati is not the true Illuminati. It's not the first Illuminati. And it's not really the Illuminati at all. It's nothing but a, another copy, a deception by, the, by these... I, I want to call them Catholics, but that would seem to imply that all Catholics are bad. And I don't want, I'm not coming on here to offend Catholic people because there's not really anything wrong with being Catholic. It's a very popular religion. And, you know, you go on a program and at least one out of, what, one out of five, maybe one out of seven, one out of ten people you're talking to are going to be Catholic. And I, I'm not trying to attack them because not all the people in the Vatican are bad. You have a lot of little struggles and uh, conflicts within the church, 
in fact, the Jesuits were even suppressed for a certain amount of time. So there are people in the church that aren't all bad is kind of what I'm getting at. But for the most part, the, yeah. the Catholic, yeah, the Catholic church and the Vatican are, are very evil and they are an institution that has been directly tied to the worldwide banking system. In fact, I'm sure you're familiar with the Rothschilds, right? Yeah. 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 Well, the Rothschilds were actually the bankers for the Catholic church. They, they come from a region that was under control of the Vatican and they were, they were given a very important contract. I believe it's called the, uh, what the Holy See, something like that with the church. And they, they beat out the competition and became the official bankers. So basically what you've been seeing throughout time, um, what people consider the Illuminati is actually the fake Illuminati, also known as the cabal or the NWO. And what they do is they take all the ancient secrets of the original Freemasons. Um, you might call them the stone cutters, or you might call them the, uh, the true Illuminati. They, they take them and they steal all of their symbols and they use them for their power because those symbols have generations and generations of magical energy infused into them of consciousness infused into them. And they use them to mind control us today. They, they take the symbols and they use them for evil, no different than the way they went out and, and killed in the name of Christ and burned people alive for doing nothing other than having a, a previous pagan belief, you know, w within their own cultural structure. They labeled those people as evil. They went around the world and, uh, for example, in Mesoamerica and, and America, North America, they were very into destroying the cultures of the native people there and replacing them with their idea of the truth, you know, the, the, the Christianity that the church was pushing. But the church is not the only church. There's other churches. There's the Celtic church, for example, which was highly highly suppressed by the Catholics. Yeah. And it's, it's not just to say the Catholics, like I said, it's a cabal. So uh, it's them and the, what you would think of as the Zionist. Um, you know, that's, that's a tricky top topic because when, once you get into it, you always hear the um, accusations of anti-Semitism, but that that's not who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, Jewish people. I'm talking about the power structure that was in a way created by the Vatican itself, or at least you could say that they're allies of the Vatican, uh, the, the Rothschilds who were agents of the Vatican, as I'm sure you know, and some of your listeners know, not everybody's going to know this, of course, but they were actually the ones who created Israel. And when you hear Illuminati, we're typically talking about the Zionist, Vatican, Jesuit power structure who are also uh, very tied to Islam as well. Islam is part of it because Islam goes around and kind of suppresses those ancient pagan cultures and makes sure that every manuscript gets burnt. No one's allowed to dance or, <laughs> or tell any stories from the past or anything like that. So... There's a worldwide power structure, and, and these people are also behind all the child trafficking and all the uh, yeah, yeah. Pe pe pedophilia, pedophilia that you see, and they are also important because the royal family itself is not, as you may know, they are not the true royal family. The uh, I do, yeah. 
yeah, the the Windsors they replaced the um was it the Stewarts something something along those lines in the past and uh I guess if you look at it truthfully you'll you'll see that uh somebody like Princess Diana is actually more related to the true royal lineage than the uh offshoot Windsors who were basically put in there as Vatican puppets and and that's why they're you hear these rumors and things of that nature about well they're not necessarily just rumors about uh i believe it's prince andrew and the queen of course <laughs> all this sick weird stuff and of course you have prince charles he's fond of fond of bragging about his relations to vlad dracula so he's he's very yeah, proud to yeah. be related to a to a blood drinker <laughs> but that that's yeah. basically in a nutshell what the illuminati is it's a bunch of copycats a bunch of vile degenerate pedophiles who love to summon vile demonic beings and abuse children and, and they're pretty much in control of the world right now unfortunately are you familiar with pindar uh pindar i have i have heard that name quite often uh I, I originally saw it when I was getting really into the the reptilian draconian research. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's my understanding he's he's kind of one of the um, higher up types that we don't see. We we just see we just see kind of the public face, which would be the royals. But of course, they have people that are higher up to higher up than them. In fact, you have that famous picture of one of the older Rothschilds poking his finger at Prince Charles and Prince Charles just has this sad look on his face, totally powerless <laughs> in, the, in the face of his superior. So Pindar is somebody like that. He's, he's a uh, wealthier and more powerful than the Royals. And he's, he's closer tied to the power structure, but I, I really doubt that he's even at the top. I, there's another one. Uh, I think her name is Somerset. And she's called the Queen of Evil, and she's again more powerful than the royal family, and she's very closely tied to the Illuminati, and she's somewhere in the UK as well, and has has her own palace. I think her name's like Beverly Somerset or something like that. Beverly Somerset. What's the name? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? Do you know where she lives? Um, boy, I I would have to look that up. Let's see here. Somerset Bellinoff. That's actually her full name. And she she's Countess of Banbury and Arran, chairs the World Governing Council, and is the Chief Executive Officer of the World Security Office, which is the prosecutorial enforcement arm of the House of Wedding's upper chamber. This is the powerful... Cabal, which controls all of the elite Illuminati group families, two researchers, blah, blah, blah. Um, it just kind of goes on, talks about her early life. Her full name's Elizabeth Somerset Fyodor Romva Bose Linen Belenoff. And she was born at Glamis Castle. You know, lots of information about her. I encourage anybody that wants to look into it to go ahead and look her up. I, I have a whole page here. I just, you know, I found it in a second. You just have to know her name. That's all you all you really need with a lot of these people. It looks like she's currently in Scotland. I'm trying to find her exact location. Let's see here. Mm. 
yeah, I don't really see where she's at at the moment. I'm sure she's in some I'll palace somewhere. Be- because these people kind of hide in plain sight, you know. They're not hiding yeah, underground yeah. because they know the people aren't going to do anything about it. The um, people are very accepting of the royals and of the power structure, and you know they they just look at it like, you know, it's just uh, no big deal. But if you if you really look into it, you'll you'll see that they're imposters, and they 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 have no true place. In, in fact, there was uh, many movements in the past to try to restore the real real kings to the throne, and who knows that may even happen again in the future. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. There's the old uh, thing where they say that the the king of England is also the king of Israel. So there's definitely something to look into there as well. That sounds a bit sketchy, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly sure how that comes about, but perhaps in the ancient past, things were set up a bit different. Yeah. Yeah, you said the the deep the worshiping demons. Yeah, demons. Demons are well. Demons are demons. They are. There's many, many different kinds. You have everything from. See that this is where it gets complicated because, a lot of what we think as demons are actually. Old pagan gods that were. Kind of retrofitted into this demonic role. So a lot of your names, the, your demon names from various grimoires, if you look into them, you'll find out that they are actually just pagan gods. So they were never originally demons. But then you also have the Igigi, who were kind of like the servants i wouldn't say they were even servants they were kind of like the lower caste members of the anunnaki gods and the agigi were actually doing all the hard labor until humans were created and these agigi known in the world of christianity and and uh judaism as the gregory the names sound very fam- fam- familiar with each other they sound very similar agigi Grigori, Igigi, Grigori, Grigori. They they are actually the same thing, and these were lower caste gods that got in a little trouble because they were having relations with the human females. Like who, who wouldn't want to do that, right? And they were doing yeah. na- naughty things. And if you actually read the Book of Enoch, specifically the Book of Giants, they'll tell you that the the Watchers, as they were called, and funny enough, the word. Igigi, remember this is Sumerian, actually means I, and then the later part, Agi, means to penetrate sexually, so the name means uh, kind of eye in the sky to penetrate sexually, so that's another reason we know that they are the Grigori, aka the Watchers, because that's what a Watcher is, somebody that watches like an eye in the sky, and we know because of the timeline of when it happened that they're also the same, They they both fell so to speak or had some trouble before the flood happened the flood which was caused by anu or enlil depending at what point of the timeline you look at it but 
the the reason why this happened was because of these foul relations happening between humans and gods, you know, creating demigods. And it's a myth. It's it's a myth that all Nephilim, all hybrid offspring of the gods and humans were giants, right? We we always think of them as giants. Like the, those of us are interested in these things. But in reality, they're not necessarily only giants. If you look at what's actually written, they come out in many different forms. They're basically, a lot of them are giants, but the rest of them are just monsters of various types. And these beings were being created here on Earth, and they were bigger and stronger than us, so they were just taking over, and they were uh, harassing humanity, killing humanity, eating humanity, drinking their blood. So a stop had to be put to that. And um, the story goes that there was a huge battle between good and evil where the the angels and their human allies, the good gods and angels, were fighting against the bad guys and the, uh, you know, the members of the secret societies that these fallen gods or watchers created. There's just this huge, massive battle really terrifying bigger than anything you'd see nowadays and they're just going at it and they're pretty much evenly matched until until the four archangels stepped into play until the coach called them off the sidelines and sent them out there and then it was pretty much over because they rained fire and brimstone upon the evil ones and melted them into nothing and then basically what happened after that was Everything kind of got washed away in the flood. All the flesh and blood of the the giants and the Nephilim, the monsters, was just washed away in the flood. Some of them did survive. They they fled underground, but most of them were just you know killed and wiped out, washed away. And then the the Watchers themselves, they're spiritual beings, so you can't just you know you can't just kill them in quite the same way. So they were actually uh, punished and they they were sent to a prison in what we think of as hell and that's kind of where a lot of our demons come from nowadays is those fallen Grigori or Igigi and certain aliens people run into nowadays like these creepy little greys that are trying to have sex with women and stuff like that or inseminate them with their seed these these are actually the fallen watcher so it's the same guys doing the same thing uh, they are demons and but but they're, they're not the only demons. There are demons that are, are far older, and a demon just basically means you're, you're a creature of chaos, and you, you oppose the throne of God, and you oppose order. So that's, that's basically your definition of a demon. And um, since then, there's been, there have been many others created, and even individuals, dead individuals, can become demons if they don't go into the light, and they choose a more parasitic type of path, and they roam around the 3d plane and kind of suck the energy off of people. That's what you would consider to be a demon as well. But they, like I was saying at the beginning of this little, you know, little rant, they come in various, various sizes and forms. So demon is a very all encompassing statement. Um, typically what you might consider a demon is something more like, a. uh, a creature that you create there on the spot using a various mixture of occult elements. Um, you might use dead body parts or something like that and you give it life with your will force and then it becomes like an, an, an automatic sort of um, sentry or automaton that you can command at will and it'll do your bidding. That's, 
that's considered a demon as well. So huge, huge uh, topic there. Um, of course, you have the idea of the the daemon as well, which is it's a Greek word and, and kind of means a, a part of yourself that's kind of a guiding influence or something like that. Personally, I think that um, even that term is more linked to an outside spiritual influence, but you have these Satanist types of people that will tell you that everything is kind of in your own mind and you know what I mean? Everything's like a pro projection yeah. of your own consciousness, which is absolute bullocks. To, to borrow a term from you guys over there, it's absolute bullocks. <laughs> I don't believe that. I think that I think that uh, these beings are external to us. I think that they are in a way internal to us and in a way part of us, but only in the sense that everything is God. But you know, that doesn't mean that me and you are the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's different somewhere. Exactly. Which demons would the Illuminati worship? So to speak. Okay, that's, that's a very deep question. So, there's basically, there's basically two types. You have the, the guys I just talked about, the fallen watchers. That's going to be a major focal point there. Uh, Azazel. Azazel is one of the more popular demons that gets worshipped, and he, he has a lot of power. He has a lot of demons working underneath him, and he he is part of the, let's call it the end times plan, the plan to bring about the apocalypse. So he, he's a major player there, and I would say that him, Baal, uh, I would say Asmodeus would be another one. He's he's more of a Middle Eastern type. Uh, Belzebub, you can't forget him. Uh, Lilith is is a very popular one amongst the Illuminati. Um, I'm racking my brain here. Uh, Baphomet. Baphomet is a major one. But the thing with Baphomet is that if, if you do your research, you'll find that Baphomet is, is most likely a, a, a just another name for Lilith because Baphomet is a object of worship for vampires. It's Those are the people that like Baphomet, the vampires. And the vampires go back really far into ancient times. The vampires is a type of nephilim remember the nephilim are monsters and yeah. they're they're one of the the lines of nephilim and they kind of congregate gate around baphomet and when when they feed on blood i, I guess you'd say she gets like 10 percent of it kind of <laughs> kind of like the mafia <laughs> it, it's something like that it's, it's a hive mind it's it's very weird we're getting Sorry. into very weird territory here yeah yeah i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure Vladdy and Baylor, his bloodline goes back to Tamil, one of the fallen watchers. Um, you know, I don't know whose bloodline he goes back to specifically, but he is absolutely from from the uh, the ancient draconian reptilian lines, the bloodlines. 
I, I, what you're saying is exactly correct. I don't know that that's exactly where he comes from. Um, most likely he would be descended from one of the higher up gods that, that had more of a, you know, position in society, not necessarily a Igigi. So, so you, you, you know, you're, you're hitting the nail right on the head. You know, that's proof positive of what I'm talking about for one thing, as well as Elizabeth Bathory. Remember both of these individuals lived in the same area, Transylvania, where people transform, right? Next to the Carpathian mountains where the, uh, gods originally came down so to speak you know this is getting really deep into it but they were just continuing a long tradition of drinking blood that went back to the times of the nephilim which is the same reason when you know uh, god the god sent moses aaron and Joshua into the lands of canaan he ordered them to kill everybody there. And that sounds terrible. It sounds so evil, but the problem was the people there were a bunch of little Draculas. They were drinking blood. They were corrupt beyond reproach, beyond redemption. So they had to be killed before they killed the Hebrews that were moving there because that's what they would have done. They would have killed them. They would have drank their blood. So they, they had to eliminate the competition so that they could settle down in their, you know, their, their homeland, which was given to, given to them and given to their God, you know, the, the Christian, um, Hebrew God, the God of Israel. Notice how they say God of Israel. They don't necessarily always say just God or God of everything. Uh, that's because there were many gods ruling at the time. And, uh, the, the God that was in control of Israel, he had to get rid of all of the competing elements, had to get rid of all those blood drinkers. So, his his chosen people could move in and you know have the land that was rightfully theirs because it was decided that that land was theirs by the um, higher up god anew who long long before any of that stuff happened he told them that he told uh the god of israel that that land is his and you know that's gonna ruffle a lot of feathers if you tell people the god of israel is not the god but when you get into the concept of Godhead, you begin to understand how it all works. So, so delay your expectation, you uh, Christians out there and Hebrews out there and Muslims out there. Keep thinking about it. It will eventually make sense to you. You know, the Nephilim blood drinking, is that the same starfire culture? Absolutely. The only difference is with the starfire, um, you're getting a lot of stem cells because there's a lot of stem cells in those fetal fluids down there. So, um, Oh my God, this is just so deep and so gross. And the thing is, it still goes on nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I, 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 I'm sure you've seen Lee. I'm sure you've seen that those news stories that are coming out about how the, uh, they're going to start using the blood of young people to, to, to help refresh and elderly senior citizens. And they're going to pump it into their veins and actually help them live a little bit longer. That That's like the latest sort of sciencey yeah. gossipy news coming is that, out. Is that the adrenochrome? Yeah. Adrenochrome is part of it as are the stem cells. And they actually aren't all the whole thing because besides the adrenochrome, which is your adrenaline, 
and besides the stem cells which you, you know you get from that period blood that um uh yeah, you know, it, it, you talk too much about this stuff you want to throw up, but uh, that those are two types of chemicals you can get from blood, and there's other ones too. And basically, what these these uh, nephilim have been doing for thousands and thousands of years is make potions and various mixtures of this blood in order to prolong their lives and get them high. It, it gets them high. It 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 gets um, a, a high and a little boost to the psychic powers. And the clairvoyance and you go into a state that's just i mean i've never done it don't don't get fooled by the fact that i'm describing it in such detail but um it's only because i've studied these things and you know it gives them a high i guess you could call it like a, a vampire high something like uh, an Anne rice novel after they first get turned and they're looking around and everything's a little bit brighter and it's glowing well that's based on it, real truth but nowadays we have that stuff around but it's fantasy the the elite the vampires at the top they think it's hilarious like stuff like twilight and any any sort of vampire stuff that people are into they think it's so funny that the normal people the average joe out there is is walking around worshiping vampires or at least thinking they're cool when in reality vampires are absolutely real there's no shadow to anybody that looks into it just, you, I mean, forget all this draconian Nephilim stuff and just look into vampires and how many accounts there have been throughout history of various vampires um, even rising from the dead and doing things like that. And you'll, you'll start to get it. You'll start to think to yourself, oh my God, there's just too much here for this not to be real. Yeah. Definitely. You got any more questions for me? Um, what the, what were the four uh, archangels? Uh, your four archangels typically are going to be Michael, Uriel, Raphael, and Gabriel, and they also correspond to your four corners of the earth, and they also correspond to four watchtowers that make up the veil between our world and the um the, the greater abyss or whatever's out there i mean these these things aren't specific somebody that's really into this stuff could probably come in and correct me about certain details but that's basically the idea they are the cornerstones of our world and um Back in the, uh, when was it, the 1700s, 1600s, 1700s, John D. he started this process going where he was actually communicating with the angels, and they, they gave him a prophecy about somebody that would come along and basically unlock all the watchtowers and and uh, get the ball rolling for the end of days and the, the time of revelations. And many, many years later, Aleister Crowley was born, a man who called himself the Beast of Revelations, and he learned the Enochian rites, which is an angelic language, and he he actually opened all of the watchtowers, or he came very close to completing it. I, I believe he did complete it, and that's the, that's part of the reason why we're currently going through end times right now is they they had to have a human actually decide. To make it happen and basically turn the key so to speak 
which would initiate the apocalypse. And, and that happened many years ago in the form of Aleister Crowley. And guess what happened right after that happened? Yep, you got it. Hitler and the Nazis, which led to our modern industrial sort of age and the dominance of America and China and our current state of affairs today. Ne we never would have gotten here without the Third Reich and the Nazis and them waging war basically on the rest of the world. Crazy how it's all linked. Yeah, and that's why you know it's true because it is all linked together. If it if we couldn't, you know, if we couldn't connect the dots, then then that's how we'd know it's a bunch of horseshit. And aliens too, because aliens are, you know, it's, it's just a word. A lot of people like to talk about aliens and space and other planets. And at, at first I was kind of like, you know, I'd get a little angry. I'd say, oh, you fools, you're being deceived. There's no aliens. That's Satan and his demons deceiving you. But that's not exactly quite right either. Um, there are aliens in a way, like there First of all, there, there's no way that we're just like the only world out there. I mean, we look into all these ancient stories of beings walking through portals and gods walking through portals, and we hear about tribes being visited by certain alien groups and stuff like that. So we know that there's other stuff out there, you know, along with these draconian gods and things like that. We know that there's probably other types of creatures. Even the Bible mentions other types of creatures like satars and unicorns and stuff like that. So when I say... You know, when I talk this way and I talk about these more biblical things, I don't mean to completely deny the existence of aliens. It's just that when we look at our planet, you know, you just did a, you know, you were telling me earlier when we were talking privately how you were uh, doing a show about flat earth. And the reason why, you know, I got really into this for a while. And the reason why we think that the earth might be flat is because there's things that don't add up. And that's how we form our, our flat earth arguments are these things that don't quite add up if the world was, you know, completely circular. So we know like William Shatner, he just recently went up into space, but if you pay close attention to his words, he didn't go into space. He went into the, he went to the edge of space. Now this is a celebrity. If he was actually, if he was actually able to go into space, I would look at that news article. I'd say, you know what? I was wrong. The world could never be flat because William Shatner just went into space. He proved that space is real. He proved that it's a planet, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, there's a reason why we don't really go into space. We only go to the edge of space. We only go very high up into the atmosphere. We go to a very high altitude. That's where the Mir space station actually sits at a very super high altitude. But th we don't actually go into space because something's blocking us from getting out of here whether it's a firmament or if it's the Van Allen belt, whatever the case, there's a reason why all of our pictures from space and of other planets and things like that look like CGI because they are CGI. There's some reason why we can't get out of here. And whether that's because of a firmament or something else, I don't really know, but I know that, um, I know that space and other planets and aliens are true in some way, but it might be different than we know. It might be like, those are the heavens that has something to do with consciousness and we can get to other worlds, but we have to like aim our temples at certain stars and like teleport there or something of that nature. Uh, yeah. yeah. In the book of Enoch, it calls stars portals. And we know there was some, something called the tower of Babel, which was actually shaped something like um, CERN nowadays, the Hadron collider. It's an, it was an octagonal tower 
that was aligned with Saturn, and uh, it, it would it would conduct our our uh, DNA in some way because our DNA is way more powerful than we realize. And just like you've seen Dune, right? Are you familiar with Dune? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, most people, you know, it's a long time ago. It's a very popular movie and book series, but um, in it's Dune, just a remake, I think. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I have to get yeah. that HBO paid service, which I don't want to pay for, but <laughs> I just might do it for the <laughs> Dune. Um, but in in Dune, the the people they actually travel around by using pilots, and pilots are people that have been addicted to the spice substance their whole lives and they take the spice substance and it allows them to fold space time and actually get the ships where they're going and that's actually based um dune like lord of the rings and chronicles of narnia and various other series it was inspired by by a higher power and this uh way of traveling in dune reflects how how space and interstellar travel interdimensional travel happened back in the back in the um, ancient times. So there's some real reality there. And, you know, it's, you get into these arguments of flat earth versus round earth space and planets versus, um, you know, the Christian sort of perspective of the flat earth and everything was just created. But, you know, the, the truth tends to be in the middle somewhere. And I think that's where we'll find that, uh, you know, the real interesting things happen somewhere in that in between. Interesting. Got one more question for you, please. Yeah, for okay. sure. Skinwalkers. Oh boy, you saved a good one for me. So <laughs> we don't really get them over here. Yeah, but you have them. You got your own version. You got the werewolves. Yeah, yeah. And and see, this goes back to those Nephilim, and it goes back to the to Dracula because remember, Dracula could shapeshift. He could turn into a bat. He could turn into a wolf. He comes from Transylvania, trans like transform. Now these these uh, skinwalkers are using the same occult science technology, um, but they might handle a little bit different. They're they're using a, a spiritual practice, a shamanic pra- practice. Usually they'll take a part of an animal, like a fetish. Like let's say I wanted to transform into a wolf. Well, in that case, I'd take a little bit of a wolf pelt with me and I'd sew it onto an item of clothing or I'd wear it around my waist or I'd make like a necklace or a hat out of it or something like that. So somehow that would allow me to, um, it would allow me to quantumly entangle somehow with this other type of creature and it would allow me to take on its spirit and attributes and actually actually shapeshift in an astral auric form into the creature, which would then, if, if I get good enough at it, it would cause me to shapeshift physically into the creature. Uh, shapeshifting is totally possible. It's something that you would hear the witches do. Uh, you know, the witches were always said to be shapeshifting into wolves and stuff like that because they were, they had these um, ancient draconian secrets and magics that's part of the part of why the church wanted to get rid of them you know just part of the reason there's shapeshifters all over the world in fact i believe it was nebuchadnezzar the babylonian king who was in the process of turning into a wolf and he um he he told daniel and in um you know in in the scriptures that he was having that issue but uh, shapeshifting is 
is very, very common. What the skinwalkers are doing, the, the Native Americans are doing, it's just their version of what happens in Europe. It's their version of what the um, the Dracos are currently still doing. You know, they're very famous for being shapeshifters. So, yeah, yeah you know, I, I can. I mean, you're gonna think I'm a lunatic or I'm full of shit, but I've I've done a little shapeshifting myself. I, at least with my eyes, I have seen my eyes turn into like a snake, sort of, sort of. Um, you know, the pupils go from the normal round pupil into like a snake-like thing, and that doesn't mean that I'm. <laughs> like a, a hybrid or evil or anything like that. First of all, we're all hybrids. We all have some of this Draco DNA in us, whether we want to admit it or not. And we all have that capability to shape shift if we really knew how, and we were able to um, get more in touch with those ancient practices and secrets. And you'll see it emulated in mythology. Uh, the underworld series is one of my favorites you know, the, the war between the vampires and the werewolves, which are basically two different classes of shapeshifters, two, two different warring tribes of Nephilim. So all of that stuff has a basis in reality. And, you know, it's so funny because we wonder why this stuff's so popular. Why every few years we see a new vampire show or a new book series or something about werewolves. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah but why, you gotta ask, why are we so into this? Why are we so obsessed with these things? Why are we so obsessed with dragons and fairies and elves and things like that? It's because we have some sort of ancestral memory of these things. Some part of us knows that they're real. I mean, science can take the dinosaurs and, you know, make them out to be nothing that interesting, just something purely scientific. And they are, but what what they really are is they're real life evidence of dragons. You know, we never really look at it that way, but there are plenty of dragons on this earth. They were the dinosaurs, and we have all the evidence of that that you could possibly want. We just mixed, mixed up their bones so we don't really know what they really quite look like, and some of those bones are probably other creatures as well. We just kind of mash them together. We know that there were dinosaurs. I mean, I'm not one of these people that denies the existence of dinosaurs because obviously we have their full skulls intact. We found plenty of their full skulls. You know, a, a whole skull for a T-Rex or a Triceratops or something like that. It's just what it was connected to, which is the problem. We yeah. don't really know. For all we know, like a Triceratops, that might have con been connected to more of like a humanoid body. It could have been. What's that? It could have been. Yeah, I mean, Possibly. It, it could have been. Um, there's a lot of people that have seen dragons in China. China, if they do exist and they are still alive somewhere, well, that's where they would be. I, I've seen video footage of dragons in China. You know, I mean, actual flying dragons, not just like an old dinosaur. I, I personally think that um, some of these creatures are being put together wrong, like the um, pterodon, the pterodactyl. The, the, you, you might be able to slap the wings from a pterodactyl to a, um, a, a larger dinosaur or a different type of dinosaur and you know, you get something much closer to a dragon. And then and then also look into the the sea life. Like look what's down there. Like giant things that look like crocodile dolphins that are way, way bigger than anything we have nowadays. People talk about the megalodon, the giant sixty to hundred foot shark that used to live in the warmer waters. Well, there were things that would make that thing look small. There's these huge crocodile things. Um you know, nowadays we'd probably call it a Leviathan or something like that, but we know they existed because we have their bones and we don't know much about them. They might've been really intelligent for all we know. 
but they were out there swimming around and people see evidence of things like that nowadays they see large creatures moving under the water there's plenty of stories of sea monsters and things like that uh mermaids too there, there's plenty of accounts of mermaids that's something that's massively overlooked massively overlooked because if you go around telling people you saw a mermaid they will call you all kinds of names <laughs> you know like that, that's got to be the stupidest thing that you could possibly tell people is you found a mermaid because there's all these hoax bodies of different animals sewn together and different creatures sewn together and they do that on purpose they do that to throw us off so when somebody finds a real mermaid then you know they're completely discounted completely blind literally well i'm sorry what was that it's just blew me mind. Oh, well, good. That's what I set yeah. out to do. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm definitely excited about, about you know, you launching this program. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm somebody that, like, I'm, I'm kind of right at that stage now where I, you know, I've been doing a podcast for over a decade, well over a decade. And all these different guests that have come on my show, they all left me with a little bit of something. They all left me with a little piece of the puzzle. And I'll be honest with you. I'm tired of being, you know, on the host end of this because I have a lot of things that I want to say myself and a lot of things that I want to get out there and a lot of research that I've done personally, you know, uh, as well as, um, you know, just adding in these bits from all these different guests who I'm, I'm so thankful for, you know, they, they enlightened me, they all enlightened me in their own way. And somehow one day something just exploded and I just started to go, go my own route. And I, I'm really thankful to people like yourself that are having, having me on your program, because that's exactly what I hope for. I, I hope to be able to say my own piece. So I thank you very much for uh, allowing me on your, on your show today. And I, I wish you all the luck and I'm, I'm always here if you, you know, you need any help to get started or anything. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Dan. Much appreciated. Yeah, and I'd love you. Have, love to have you on again at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate it, and um, I'll talk to you next time. Okay, thanks, mate. Oh, real quick, um, you know, one thing I, I always love to do is uh, get plugs from my from my guests. So, if you wouldn't mind, um, just wanted to tell everybody to go to endofdaysradio.com. Also, follow me on Twitter at Ninja Shoes on Twitter. Uh, hit me up on Instagram, end of days radio on Instagram. Um, if you want to email me, if you have any questions or if you want to come on my show or in- invite me on your show or anything like that, that's Daniel end of days radio at gmail.com. And other than that, I'll catch you on the flip side. Okay, mate. Yeah. No, thank you very much, mate.